0: Everyone, you are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the wonderful Brooke Destra, And of course, we have our favorite Monday guest, Taryn Hatcher. And of course, we are in a new year, 2021, and we have a new Flyers season to talk about. Training camp commenced on Monday at Voorhees, in Voorhees, New Jersey, at the Flyers Skate Zone, and Easily and inevitably, the number one topic of the day, of course, had to be Nolan Patrick. I think a lot of people had a lot of attention on Nolan Patrick. He practiced today in full. It looks like he's good to go. Elaine Vigneault said he's clear for contact. And everyone's going to say, hey, it's just day one. We need to see him in a game eventually. But day one of him practicing in full with the team, not wearing a non-contact jersey, is a big deal. Because... He never did that once last year during training camp. He never played a game. He was never cleared for contact. So this is progress, and it definitely dominated the headlines out of day one of Flyers training camp, and I think rightfully so. I think it's a big storyline for these Flyers. Brooke, was that the number one thing you were seeing a buzz on social media, I think, among everyone?
1: Yeah, I mean, I saw a little bit of buzzing when I first woke up today that it seemed like he, he passed his physical that we're aware of as of yesterday. So he was able to skate with the team, and we were just kind of all waiting around for 11 a.m. when they were able to hit the ice for that. They were group A, I believe. Um, so, yeah, it, it kind of made me feel bad because, you know, training camp is the time for, like, fans – to it's it's a different it's a different year this is a different kind of season so I definitely think that Patrick would have gotten a really loud applause fans would have been losing their minds at the skate zone so it's it's kind of a bummer that he had to miss that because I'm sure that that's how he was feeling internally um, but I mean you, you can't be happier for him we've talked about this nonstop on the podcast, as if he was going to be ready, what the situations were going to look like if he wasn't. And right now, it kind of looks like all lights are turning green, and that's great for the Flyers and even better for Nolan Patrick. Couldn't be happier for him that everything's really being sorted out right now, and he's going to be good to go.
0: As fans know well, Brooke, like you said, Nolan Patrick missed all of last season with a migraine disorder, and fans really like him. They're really excited about him. And there's also a lot of frustration, too, that – he is the second overall pick in the 2017 draft, and he didn't play a game last year, and his future is kind of uncertain. So I think there's two sides of the coin with Nolan Patrick, but I do wish fans were there because I think they really would have enjoyed it. Uh, I know it's just day one, and it's just um, a 30, 35-minute, excuse me, probably a 40, 45-minute practice followed by a 30-minute scrimmage, but Patrick looked really good. He looked really good. He, he lived up to his billing of being a very skilled, competitive kid who stands out with those qualities, and he did, and that was great. It, no, there wasn't cross-checks in the back and four-checking and hard-checking. There was some physicality to the practice, but nothing crazy. It's just day one, but he did look good, and that was a positive, and that was fun to see. Uh, Taryn, that has to be a positive. I know Noam Patrick, when he talked on Monday, he really didn't say much. He was very tight-lipped. But I understand why. I understand (laughs) why he I understand why he's a little frustrated. I think he wants to just take it day by day and just see where things go. I don't think he wants to get too high, too low. Yeah,
2: and, and to be honest with you, I don't think I don't think he knows more than day by day right now. If anything if anything has that he's gone through has taught him anything about the future, it's that you can be totally fine one day and the next day you could be taken out of a sport that was the center focus of your entire life and um and it can happen quickly and not only that but along the way I know we've talked about it a lot in his process to recovery a lot in terms of it's been from my understanding what I was told very much a process of give him a workload, see how he handles it. Then once we know he's good for a sustained amount of time, increase the workload. He went from essentially not really being able to skate very long last early fall to this, this year, which to me says that he not only has done built all the foundation back, but he has done it in a sustained way, which should make you feel better if you're a Flyers fan. I know, Jordan, you mentioned the there's no cross-checking in the back and yada, yada, and I've already been on, on Twitter, you know, sp- spicing it up a little bit, <laughs> the replies, because there shouldn't be. It's the first day of camp, and this is a guy who had a neurological disorder and still very much has it and probably has to battle it for the rest of his life and be on top of it. And we don't even really know what that entails because it looks different on everybody. But the fact that he's there and the fact that they are not trying to coddle him the, the first day out means that he must have been doing something for weeks in advance to this, that gave them the confidence to have him out there and participating in practice in full today, which is huge. Now, and I'm sure we'll get to this a little bit more. I, I'm not there at practice. Jordan's there um, as he should be. The way it works is only one person from each publication or network is allowed to go. Um, and so I have to, you know, trust that everybody says that he looks good, but the, the unanimous opinion of every single writer that I follow, including Jordan, was that he looks sharp today. And that's a huge thing because from my understanding, like his optics were affected before, visually it really it made things difficult for him. So for him to be able to do certain skills at a certain speed the first day of camp it shows tremendous progression, which is massive. The fact that he didn't give a whole lot, I think is also just Nolan Patrick, but, um, <laughs> but I'm sure he doesn't know too. And I'm sure this has been a really humbling experience for him. And, you know, when you talk to somebody like Kevin Hayes about Nolan, and obviously Nolan lived with Kevin Hayes, Nolan has nothing but great, or Kevin has nothing but great things to say about Nolan and his work ethic and, and how relentlessly he fought to get back here and it's really stellar, him and Oscar, to be there day one of camp and looking very much like shades of their old selves. Like, that's, that's a huge, huge win for the team on an emotional level and, I mean, if we're being quite frank, on the roster as well, just plain and simple.
0: Yeah, it really was a sight to see. To see not only Nolan Patrick out there, but Oscar Lindbaum as well. Uh, that was a treat, and it really – just like you said, Taryn, gave you positive vibes of not only what that does for the locker room to know those two important pieces are back, but what it can do for them in terms of wins and losses if those two are able to play and kind of return to form, return to expectations uh, for what people had for them. Uh, Oscar Lindblom was all smiles in his interview. He spoke as well on Monday. He is good to go. He feels good. He's built up his muscle mass uh, after obviously enduring those cancer treatments. Uh, he had an all season to really get back at it. And you can tell he's feeling positive again because he's had a chance to to build himself back up. He couldn't do that, obviously. Um, Even when he returned uh, in the 2020 Stanley Cup playoffs, he played game six and seven against the Islanders. But he had like two to three weeks to prepare for that. Um, So I think he's really excited and eager to get back at it. And he was great. He said, hey, listen, I know it might take some time to really get back to my form of where I was before my diagnosis. And everyone knows where he was. Tied for the team leading goals with 11. He was projected to finish with 30. Uh, and the sky seemed like the limit. He's being patient. He Just like Nolan Patrick, Oscar Limbaugh is willing to be patient. But he is hungry to get uh, to that level and be even better. Um, Brooke, Nolan Patrick and Oscar Limbaugh, if those two could possibly be in your opening night lineup, I think that makes that somewhat relatively quiet offseason totally forgotten for Flyers fans when you see those two back in the fold.
1: Yep. Well, I was actually, I was back and forth with a few discussions on Twitter about this uh, this morning about how, again, I was upset when we first didn't re-sign Tyler Pitlick, but because we're in the flat cap era and everything going on, it was like, all right, you know, we can't sit in the past anymore. Let's focus on the future. Let's focus on what we have. And, It's interesting because I never disagreed with Chuck Fletcher when he said that we can handle the bottom six on the roster internally. I always knew that if they believe that, then all right, that, you know, let's go because granted we don't have a say in anything. Um, But if you get Patrick back, if you get Limblom back, if you have one or two kind of un- open-ended question marks of like where these guys can go there's a handful of players that are going to be in a constant battle throughout this entire season whether they're on the roster on the taxi cab squad whatever we want to call them I want to think of a nickname for it by the start of the season yeah um there's a lot of young talent just ready to go and there was that lingering fear of if Lindblom wasn't going to be ready if we didn't have Nolan Patrick but Right now, it kind of seems like that's gonna, we're going to have both. And that's best case scenario for the Flyers right now. And truthfully, <laughs> I'm really excited because, again, again, I'm stressing the healthy competition. There are so many talented young guys in this organization right now that even if somebody makes the opening night roster, your spot is not safe. Because there are guys that are working and training their butts off for the slight chance that they can crack their roster the next game. So while they're also on the playoff mentality at the start of the season, like the amount of times that all of these teams are going to face one another, there's also going to be that internal battle of who is going to keep impressing and keep working their way onto the roster each night. So if anything, Lindblom and Patrick returning is just adding to that. And man, I'm excited. I'm so excited. (laughs)
0: And, and justifiably so, Brooke, I really do, you know, I, I would not fault any Flyers fans for saying, hey, I'm a little excited after Monday's opening day training camp because I definitely saw uh, Charlie O'Connor of The Athletic tweeted, and I thought it was a great point. He said, listen, yes, day one, I get it. Pump the brakes a little bit sometimes. But overall, a very good day for the Flyers because there was no bad things that happened. You saw two young pieces that have been through some serious things back on the ice, and uh, all was kind of well. And – there's not, you know, there's no goalie drama. Uh, we know what the team has depth-wise at defensemen. So a lot of positive, fun things to look forward to. Taryn, do you feel in this kind of time-crunched camp, it's crazy, there's six on-ice days, period, no preseason games. You were around the assistant coaches and the coaches a lot throughout the season as they all got acclimated to the new roster and as the new roster got acclimated to the new coaches. Do you feel like they are much more suited for this time crunch camp because they do know each other a lot better? Um, and now it's more just, hey, get out there, scrimmage hard, and impress the coaches. It's not like, hey, learn this whole new system right now.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, of course, the loudest train in the world is going by, as I have something incredibly important to say.
3: Do you um, do you? <laughs> um,
0: yeah.
2: I don't really know how to respond to that. So I'm just, I'm probably going to just continue to move forward. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I think, I, I mean, I really think about if this had happened, I, and I think we all think about this with a lot of things in life, but if, if, if everything that had happened last year just shifted one back year in the timelines of things, so if last season all the moves they made it just happened this year instead, I think the Flyers would be in a tough, tough spot between, um, you know, picking up Kevin Hayes and making him a really important part of the roster and losing. I mean, we we talk about not getting overhyped about Oscar and Nolan, but, I mean, people thought it was the end times when we lost Oscar and Nolan, so clearly they mean a lot. Um, but – This team would be in such a tough place if all the moves they made last year were made this year is what I'm getting at. But because they were made last year, because this team got incredibly tight-knit last year, because so many of them were retained, and I get you lose – you do lose a lot in Tyler Pitlick. I think that's a massively, massively understated loss. Um, And then obviously you lose a ton with Matt Niskanen. Everything's not jolly and perfect and amazing. There's still work to be done there. Um, but you have all of your top contributors from last year, essentially came back, um, offensively. They all have chemistry with each other because Elaine Vino, you know, played Yahtzee with the roster and put the dice in the cup, shook it up and threw whatever out there. I think you have a lot of compatibility with a lot of different guys and they can really move around a lot. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, Chuck Fletcher said it himself. He said, I feel a lot more confident going into this season knowing I have so many returning players and so many guys who experienced the bubble. Like, I think about the teams that didn't make the postseason last year and made a ton of moves in the offseason. The disadvantage that they could potentially be at is unreal. This Flyers team is in a great place in that a lot of stuff stayed the same. A lot of important areas stayed the same. And a lot of players got a lot of experience and I think the Flyers especially um, were so unhappy with the way things ended and how some parts of the bubble went in terms of their performance. So they're certainly going to feel like even though they had a phenomenal season, I think they do feel like a lot of them have something to prove given the way things ended last year. Especially because they lost to a team that's now in their division. So, you know, it's this team, historically, it seems like specifically these guys have played well against a lot of the teams in the East Division. They step up. I know this year will be completely different, but in terms of actual personnel, the coaching staff, the GM, everything that you want to be in, in a certain place is really there going into the season, and that's going to be huge.
0: Yeah, and I thought a fun uh, fun tidbit that came out of camp as well as we got the chance to chat with some players on Monday. Uh, Carter Hart the man in that that everyone's super excited about. We all know he's very strict with his workout regimen, his, uh, his diet. Um, so we got a chance to ask him with the kind of weird off season and obviously the kind of sprint that is this 2020-21 season, uh, has he made any adjustments to his diet? And he said, yeah, big time. He said he actually uh, started getting a meal service because he can't cook. He says he hates to cook. But the meal service sounds legit. It provides him with all his meals. He said it's it's all organic and he feels a lot leaner, way better in shape. Uh, He was already in great shape, let's be real. But the fact that he has this meal service, sometimes I hear these things and it just amazes me that this kid is 22 years old and he just, he really is like a pro. Like to to have the presence of mind to be like, hey, I wanna eat better every single year. Like his diet was already impressive And already he's tweaking it and trying to gain edge, just any type of edge. Even if it's by the margins, he's trying to gain that edge. Um, Brooke, how refreshing is it that going into this camp, the goalies seem like to be the least talked about position group?
1: Ah, the goalies. One of the most important positions on the team. Yikes for the Eagles. (laughs) That's all I'm thinking about. It's like we're sitting here and we have such a great – feeling with this position and you know that in eagles land it's it's just a it's a crap show right now um it's a breath of freaking fresh air (laughs) and not only just for the goalies which is obviously my favorite aspect about camp um it's that i feel there's a huge sense of optimism moving into this season whereas there was a lot of skepticism moving into last season And like Taryn mentioned, since the Flyers got time in the bubble, since they were able to really get a sense of how this season is going to play out, I mean, obviously it's not going to be the same for many aspects, but the Flyers really lucked out in many situations. And because this team is as tightly knit as they are, whoo? look out and it's it's really just like the cherry on top this year where it's like you know Carter Hart is your starting goalie and you know Brian Elliott is your backup there's no drama there's no fear knock on wood everything is fine right now and I think that that is a interesting and risky word to use when it comes to the flyers because even though things are fine and dandy on the surface you're gonna have a lot of fans you're gonna have a lot of people sitting there and thinking to themselves okay but what if what if this happens what if that happens a b c d e f g the whole friggin' alphabet there's always going to be that level of fear but it's really fun and refreshing to see that there is that optimism right from the jump for once, so I love it. I love it. Also, Carter Hart makes me feel like I not that I'm a failure, but <laughs> I'm a year older than him, and I sit here and I 'm like, "Oh my God, oh my God, I got to get my life together." <laughs> I just I, I look at these guys and I'm like, "Wow, Ugh, okay um,
2: I also have a lot of disposable income, Brooke. I wouldn't be too hard on yourself. (laughs) (laughs) That's a very good point. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: Flyers Talk is presented by Wells Fargo. (laughs) Whenever our communities need us, Wells Fargo is here to help.
0: Well, it's fun. You think about it, the three main people we have talked about so far on the podcast coming out of day one of camp, all pretty young kids. Oscar Lindblom, 24. Nolan Patrick, 22. Carter Hart, 22. That has to be pretty exciting for Flyers fans, just knowing that, uh, you know, that's kind of the – those are the headlines right now, the people that are kind of generating discussion among Flyers people. Of course, a lot of things need to fall into place for the Flyers and and go well in this strange season. But uh, no reason why there shouldn't be optimism. And another exciting element, Taryn, that recently came out, uh, I believe on New Year's Day, a report came out that the Flyers will be playing another outdoor game at Lake Tahoe. In Nevada, um, in February, looks very scenic, looks very incredible backdrop. Um, I'm sure that will be fun for the players. Obviously, there will be no fans and probably not much media. But a cool thing, nonetheless, James Van Ring's, like it's going to be like, his seventh outdoor game of his career, which is crazy. That's more than the Flyers have played in their organization's history. But what were, what was your initial reaction when you saw Lake Tahoe? And you you look like you would – like to be there with them in in a
2: word my reaction was perplexed my secondary reaction was i wonder if like they would love to do like a pre and post game show on location um (laughs) not to sound like a total snob because i was not raised that way but my dad always made a point to take us on the best ski vacations ever and so i've skied at lake tahoe many times in my life um I love it there. It's insane. Um, I kind of wonder – I mean, some of it doesn't make any sense, though, if we're being really honest. Like, that's the yeah. thing. It does no sense. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be scenic. It's it's going to be super cool. I think it's going to be cool for the players. Um,
0: Karen, you're around these guys a lot. Do you think with this crazy season and obviously the travel is so um, – it's so much lesser now. Like, they, they don't leave the Northeast region outside of this game. Yeah. Do you think they're actually excited for this, or do you think they're kind of like, uh? Eh. Well,
2: I wonder, I wonder what they're allowed to do. That was going to be what right. I was going to say is, like – because – so, Tahoe is on the border of Nevada and California. So, if you're on the Nevada side, California's restrictions have been really, really tough. I mean, there yeah. was talk of San Jose not playing in San Jose. Like, there's been all kinds of different – like rumors batted around about certain things because of certain restrictions in different counties and so on and so forth. Nevada on the other hand is a little bit different. I don't know specifically if up near Reno, if stuff is looser, I have no idea, but it's going to be interesting because let's say they stay in a hotel on the California side of the lake, then can they go to the Nevada? Can they do things? Or I would doubt that they're going to be allowed to ski and snowboard because of the injury potential. And For me, if you took me to Lake Tahoe and you said you can't go out and ski tear and you're going to get in trouble, I would be like, then don't send me to Lake Tahoe. Like, (laughs) that would be part of it. But that's me, and I'm sure part of them is going to be excited about the experience of it all. Um, But I think a lot of the reaction I saw, and it was the same reaction I had, was sort of like, I need to read into this more because I don't understand how you're going to have two East Division teams play – on the border of California and Nevada. I I don't, I just don't get it. Uh, And if you're sending them out there and you're gonna let them experience a little bit, I think that'll be sick. The villages, even if you can't let them go ski and snowboard, the villages there are awesome. There's all kinds of things to do. But my guess is the NHL is not gonna want that to happen for a ton of very valid reasons. and then beyond that, I think part of the really cool, one of the best parts about outdoor games are that fans basically get to watch these players play on outdoor ranks, even if they're man-made and constructed, um, which was, you know, some people say the way hockey was meant to be played, but um, you're not gonna have fans there, I would assume. So I don't, I, I, I love the effort. I love the idea. And I would love it so much in a non-COVID year. I would be there. You wouldn't even have to ask me twice. It's a little bit confusing this year, though. I, like, it would – I think for future reference, like, if they did a Vegas Golden Knights game there or even a San Jose game there, because I think San Jose is probably much closer than Vegas is to so, Um I think that would be so sick. But my initial reaction was, like, I got to click on this link right now because – What's going on? I don't know, Brooke. You have the same exact facial expression I have. It's just, I feel like I'm doing a Rubik's Cube in my brain to try to make it make sense. Like, Yeah,
1: I, ugh, I'm so irritated by this thing, I'm going to be honest. And I'm a positive person, so the fact that I'm even saying this is kind of funny. But I, we got the, like, the news report for it, and I remember looking at this, and I was like, am I dreaming? Are they stupid? And that's because, like you said, Taryn, this was a great concept. This was the wrong time to do it. Because even in a year where they literally restructured divisions for the Flyers to travel less, for all of the teams mm-hmm. to travel less, they still found a way to get the Flyers to go out west. Are you kidding me? Like, that's BS.
3: They couldn't do
1: it's it's like you couldn't have an nhl season without the flyers going out west for god knows what reasons and i sat here in disbelief because on top of that it's like we're still in a global pandemic all of this is happening you restructured the divisions to limit travel and you're sending two teams who honestly are two
2: teams that really do like placid do Do like placid do the northeast do the Northeast, don't do that. Even that would have made <laughs> things reaction. make sl- like the
1: slightest bit more sense. But you're sending to a few teams that are really lucky in the sense of having outdoor games. Like you sit here and whenever there's games that are mentioned, you're like, all right, it's gonna be the fl- Flyers, a New York team, Chicago, Boston. You just know what's gonna happen. So the fact that you're sending teams that are so used to this in a year that has makes no sense in the first place. Just throwing this on top of that, it's ridiculous. I kind of feel like Ricky Bo right now.
3: <laughs>
0: Ricky <laughs> Rance. Ricky like Rance. Well, I, you know, I, I,
1: I,
2: I, genuinely, I genuinely wonder if they thought, because it is so aesthetically pleasing and beautiful out there, and it is, it is. It is like an act of God when you go out there. You look at it and it looks like it's fake. Like, I, you ski down the mountain and you look at the lake and it looks like it's, like it's a movie setup, like it is so aesthetically beautiful that I wonder if they think fans watching will have such an epic experience because it is an epic experience. And I think the NHL is really just trying their best, like to give the fans something new this year, something different, something that's, you know, going to add some spice to the season where you're going to see a lot of the teams playing over and over and over again. And you know, all of that in the same empty arenas. Yeah, but it's, it's why would also, you use the
1: teams out west? I agree. You have an outdoor do... game. Like if you're if you're realigning the entire league to limit travel, what is what is happening? Why and are it's you sending the
2: Flyers to Lake Tahoe? Stop. And, well, I always and I think this as well. And I think it it's not something hockey's ever done. And I, I don't think that I think people like hockey the way it is. They like the NHL and they're. the the way they handle a lot of their structure, the way it is for good reason. I mean, it's, it's historic and traditional and everything else, but you look at football, you look at uh, like professional soccer in Europe, they have like these, these kind of mini classics within the realm of a season where, you know, like when Washington University of Washington plays Washington state, they play for, I think it's called like the apple cup. Um, You know, there's all kinds of them within you know, the iron bowl and everything else between Bama and Auburn. If you wanted to develop like in season classics for the same teams for outdoor games, whatever, that's, that's great. I mean, that's what they've tried to do with the winter classic, but it's either like spread the love to other teams or put it close to where the teams play. So geographically it makes sense. Like, I just, it should have been like San Jose-Vegas. And it, I mean, that's really like the battle for Tahoe, San Jose and Vegas. or And it would have been fun for those sense. teams. Who or wait been... and do Seattle and Vancouver. Yeah. Wait and do Seattle and Vancouver. You know, it's just, there's a lot of ways. And do the Flyers. I mean, Lake Placid would be freezing cold, but just do it somewhere else. Do it somewhere else. Like I don't know.
1: it's Listen, it sounds fun. Don't get me wrong. The entire... We concept- can't go! Right. We
2: can't go! We can't go! And the yeah. players can't do anything when they go. They can't do anything when they go. They can't go out to restaurants when they travel. So what's right, the but point? Like-, like, what even is the point of having an outside game... I told you guys it was
1: going to be a can't. zesty day, and look no, at- I agree. I, I you your <laughs> zest rubbed off on me temporarily because I just I'm still trying to process it. I still think it's stupid. Am I going to watch the game? Am I going to enjoy it? Yeah, because I love hockey. Don't get that twisted. But it's just it's not the season to do it. Stop sending the Flyers out west, NHL. I have beef with you. Like, oh my god, stop. And it's- don't do outdoor games if fans can't come because that's the whole experience. It's the whole, like, the hype leading up to, oh, it's that outdoor game. Like, you're just, it's nothing. Nothing is happening. It's just, <laughs> here, go play on the lake, and then you're coming
2: back. And everybody it's buys stupid. a bunch of gear. Everybody buys the gear, the, the Lake Tahoe gear. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I get it in some senses. In other senses, I'm like, this should have been a next-year thing. It would have been appointment viewing. It would have been a a sick road trip for people. If the Flyers were playing a West Coast team, I would have been like, cool. Um, Even if the Flyers weren't in it, I would have watched and been stoked about it. I mean, it would have been really, really cool. I don't think the teams make sense. And I don't think the situation of the world makes any sense. And I, 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 you know, I, I wonder if they... I'm sure they had been working on something like this for a while. And then this year happened and they still had the clearance and they said, you know what, let's do something nice. I'm sure that was a thought. And you can sell it. And like every other league, I'm sure the NHL would benefit off of having more stuff to sell right now. At the end of the day, everything is still business and everybody's still trying to stay afloat. I get it all. But it just sucks. I mean, people would have loved to go. I, I think like my family alone, I would have had people going just because they're like, I'm going to go ski at Tahoe and then go watch the Flyers play an outdoor game. That's going to be sick. So,
0: yeah, you definitely know a lot of like sick. families that are diehard fans. Um, they kind of plan vacations sometimes around these types of events. Obviously, Do you know
2: how many people I saw in Switzerland and in Prague. I'm sorry to cut you off, but it's like no, you no. know how many people traveled for that because it's like. Yeah. This is what they do. They buy season tickets. This is what they spend their money on. I spend my money on an array of dumb stuff. They invested in this team.
1: <laughs> it's almost like and you're a toddler and like somebody's teasing a cookie in front of the kid. And then it's like, just kidding. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Suffer.
0: Yeah, nothing, and then- makes,
1: nothing makes sense.
2: <laughs> Ugh, it carried over to 2021. In, in still a year of frustration, them. it's just like, I'm frustrated.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was, I was certainly surprised like you two both uh, kind of came out of nowhere. You're like, whoa, okay. Um, yeah, I, the points that, that I believe why they did it, yeah, they probably had this kind of in the, in the works a little bit. Um, they can market it probably really well, make some money off of it. It's going to create for some probably beautiful backdrops, very cool pictures. And, yeah, in a season that's going to maybe become a little routine and mundane at times, playing the same team over and over again, no fans. Maybe it's something for people to look forward to. It jazzes up the season just a tad. But, um, hey, the Flyers also open at home this year for the first time since 2013, and it's the year of no fans. So it seems like Flyers – What else is
1: new? (laughs) What else is new? For the first
2: time in how many decades they they have a goaltender, and they they got to open in Europe. And then this year, they're coming off of their best playoff run since 2010, and they open in front of no fans. Yeah. and i would just like to say i feel personally victimized by the world
3: (laughs) i want to tell you a story it's a story about a scandal broken relationships gossip rumors money corporate rivalry and a broom a performance enhancing broom my name is john cullen So I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate.
0: Well, hey, this was a this was a mostly positive podcast, which is great. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> Happy 2021. We're off to a hot
2: start. We're yelling in 2021. Yeah. And just so everyone knows, I realize that we don't have big, big problems, that these are minor problems, but these are the things that I can care about and get frustrated at and still continue on with my life. So let me yell and scream. For everyone who's listening to this, they're like, oh my God, what a petulant child, toddler. This is the thing. This is the thing. This is the thing that I can sit there and scream about and actually still... Continue through my life. <laughs> I went to college so I could talk
1: about this and have yeah. a job around I it. <laughs> so. I understand I'm other people young. have real
2: problems. <laughs> I respect their problems, but
0: we w- we this. wouldn't be Philadelphians. Yeah, we wouldn't be Philadelphians if we didn't have something. Yeah. To complain about. And the
2: freaking Eagles game I sat through last night for yeah. like, I just,
0: I think like everything's pain. I feel like the Flyers training camp came actually at a perfect time because of that. Um, hey, Eagles, disaster, a mess, boring game, tank. Hey, Flyers are here. That's kind of exciting. So
1: You know, I really yeah. think that we deserve this because we <laughs> yeah. had to sit through the Phillies and the Eagles, mm-hmm. big stinks, and <laughs> now we have the Sixers who currently, as of right now, hold the best record in the NBA. Yep. And we have the Flyers who are anticipated to be one of the best teams, anticipated by myself, but I, I still think others will feel the same way. We deserve this. Yeah. And in case, and in case
2: it. In case someone missed it, Ben Simmons made a three. So we're gonna throw a parade down for and Tobias shooting. Harris was named player of the week.
3: Yeah.
1: That
2: was not gonna happen in
1: twenty twenty, I'll tell you that. <laughs> All right. I just I'm I'm done yelling now.
0: Yeah, and, and hey, the Flyers are the last Philadelphia sports team uh, of the main four to win a playoff game or a series. And maybe they'll be the next team to do it as well. We shall see. But so far, day one of training camp, a lot of positive things to talk about. We'll worry about Lake Tahoe when we get to it. We can complain about it now, but we'll worry about it when we get to it. But, hey, good things in Flyers land. Oscar Lindblom, Nolan Patrick on the ice. And a lot of positivity around the club as that regular season opener gets – it's nearing. It is nearing Fast and Furious, January thirteenth, against the Penguins at the Wells Fargo Center. We will have plenty more to talk about it as it gets closer. But Brooke Desher, thank you so much as always. A lot of fun as always. Taryn Hatcher, of course, thank you, and we will see you soon. And a special thank you to Ben Barry, our podcast producer. Thank you as always. And Flyers fans, of course, last but not least, thank you for listening to the latest Flyers Talk Podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and subscribe, and we cannot wait to talk to you next time.